This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. The Gen 3 has arrived, and we hear from the homologation teams with Jeremy Moore and Ben Croke talking about the day so far. So far, they're, they're holding up. Um, I'm sure the guys will test them out even more so in qualifying and during the races, getting a bit more a bit, bit closer to the tie bundles and walls, but um, so far, surprisingly, there's no big massive shunts. Yeah, everything, everything's different. The, the engine braking, the way that the engine puts its power down, um, just so many differences um, with to the, the, to the old car. So that, like I said, they're all still learning how to drive the car and the peculiarities and the differences between what, they, what they've been used to for 10 years. Brad Jones and Richard Hallway also join us on this edition of Inside Supercars and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars. It is the first day of running for the new Gen 3 cars with Ben Croke who's team principal of DJR. Welcome on board again. Um, it's a great day because your two cars have been out there and showing their speed. Yeah, it is. It was, um, it was exciting and nervous all at the same time, sort of leading into practice one this morning. Um, you never know what you're going to get with a whole new platform, but um, cars have been faultless today um, and we've got a, seems like we've got a little bit of pace on board. There's still another practice and obviously quality is when it'll really show, but um, so far so good and we're, we're you know, going okay. There are a number of late-minute sort of adjustments to it all. They were brought on by, for a bunch of reasons, um, supercars themselves saying that we need to do some parity adjustments, the Tamora test, which took your people and the cars to go and do that test. Do you think it's the cars have uh, benefited from that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, whilst uh, logistically it proved a, a challenge for us in a, because we had a test day at the same time, I think ultimately um, them supercars making sure that everything was right um, was that was the, definitely the best call and uh, uh, you know I think it's showing that um, both cars are going pretty well out there now. The cars the speed they're showing I mean it's not a long way from where the old cars were and they'd had quite a few years of development in them do you think there's much left in the car now given that you're going to be putting on a new tyre for qualifying and things like that? Um, most people have probably run a set of new tyres, if not two by now already. Um, I th yes, I think there is more in them. Um, the teams, are, we're only just getting our head around how everything works. Uh, same for the drivers, you know, they're still learning how to drive these cars. So, yeah, I think there's still some more to come. Is the feeling when that car probably finished the first practice session, pride, relief, what was the, what was the predominant feeling after that P1? Uh, probably more relief. <laughs> yeah, it was a relief to um, you know make it through unscathed. Um, testing has, has had its challenges for, for everyone, um, but uh, to get through that session, I think nearly every car in the field did 20 plus laps. So you know that's a credit to all the teams as to where we've been able to get the cars to this point in time. And, and from our side, our sense, it was uh, definitely relief. 
and it's kind of your weekend starts and okay let's make the thing fast now. One of the important things of course is something you have had a try and that, that's they've had a practice start. Is there any immediate feedback they're talking about the driving the car, the engine, the clutch and those things? Yeah, everything, everything's different. The, the engine braking, the way that the engine puts its power down, um, just so many differences um, with to the, the to the old car. So that, like I said, they're all still learning how to drive the car and the peculiarities and the differences between what, they, what they've been used to for 10 years. And not only is the driver getting used to a new car with all new components that you're worrying about, but the pit crew is dealing with a lot of new items to go through their processes. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah, it's a whole new uh, procedures and process of, you know, the, the way we look after the, the wheels, the wheel nuts, the, the fuel gear, um, the time it's going to take to put fuel in, all those sort of things are, are new and different. Um, and that's all they are. They're just different. It's not bad or good or anything like that. It's just different. So, um, you know, it's just adjusting and, and doing what we can do best. As we said, you've got P3 before you rest tonight. Is there going to be a lot of items that you think you're going to look at for being able to fine-tune that pit crew and that, that other performance part? Yeah, yeah, there's tons of stuff that we're, we're still tweaking away at and fine-tuning, you know. Even just the, the process of putting the wheel on and just always refining stuff. Even after 10 years on the, you know, the Gen 2 cars, we were always working how to do something a little better so you know this weekend is a, a steep learning curve for uh, that side of things. Given the time you've spent in this sport and the times the drivers you've spent in this sport are they getting out of the car and you're seeing that smile are, you, are, you, are they enjoying themselves driving the car? Um, up until now probably not so much because it has been so different and so new. Um, I think today once everyone's on the track and everyone's you know pushing and everything's equal now with weights and all that sort of thing it's kind of that relief and maybe like oh okay these things aren't you know too bad to drive and the the, the fun will come from there from well one more practice session to go and a sleep then of course hopefully. before qualifying yeah hopefully a good sleep yes um thank you very much ben Croak. we look forward to talking to you after tomorrow's race probably i uh, hope so i hope it's um yeah it's a good chat after the race thanks and we're here with JJ, Jeremy Moore of Triple Eight Race Engineering, and of course, uh, designer of the homologated uh, Chevrolet Camaro. Um, Jeremy, it, it's terrific to got to this point. Now you've uh, had your first day looking at the data and what's happened. Tell us a little bit about the day. Yeah, and it's been a good day. Um, all the cars have been pretty much operating faultlessly. Um, no major issues, not only just for the Camaro, but also the other Gen 3 cars. So. That's a good um, a good a tick in the in, in the box because we did we did a lot of the design for the Gen 3 cars itself, um, but Camaro wise, yeah, quite happy. Um, like to be on the top step so far, um, P2 on, in practice, but uh, there's a lot still to refine setup wise. But very happy that the cars are running. They're sort of operating as we expect. No big surprises. It's a pretty harsh track to come as a first test of the cars. A bit of a baptism of fire, but uh, so far they're they're holding up. Um, I'm sure the guys will test them out even more so in qualifying and during the races getting a bit more a bit bit closer to the tie bundles and walls but um, so far surprisingly there's no big massive shunts and, and uh, cars in pieces so successful day so far um, not too many spares up and down pit lane so maybe that's a contributing factor but uh, come quality and race the red mist will come down on the drivers and uh, I think we'll see some more action. 
We did see one near incident when Will Brown did kiss uh, the tyre bundles. Uh, it didn't turn out there was any damage, just a, a scuff mark. Um, and that obviously is, is a nervous moment um, because uh, there is not that uh, su supply uh, <laughs> problem. Can you tell us um, a little bit about one of the really encouraging things from my point of view was looking at the competitiveness of the field. Um, after those three sessions, close to three hours of running, and we're 1.2 seconds over the 25 cars. And given that we have at least three total rookies, but about six or seven who are rookies at Newcastle, um, that's a pretty impressive, that's the sort of thing you're aiming for? Absolutely. Um, I think just looking at that, you can know that the parity's been, been pretty good, pretty well achieved, to be honest. The, the Fords are up there. Um, I think Mostert didn't have the best run. I think he's, he's quite... Uh, Quite a bit of a, um, a guy to watch out for. I think he'll have some pace tomorrow. So I think, yeah, I think all the, the cars have a, a chance of victory even more so now. I think that with the new regulations, everyone's finding their feet. Um, yeah, Shane's having a bit of battle um, with a car, trying to get comfortable. The same as everyone, it's a tough circuit. I think we'll find uh, some guys, even uh, you know, Slady, you know, there's, some, there's some dark horses out there, which you know could uh, have a good result tomorrow. One of the issues which did Shane did speak at, and at quite some length in the press conference and when there was a journalist who tried to beat the drum, shall we say, a bit on, oh, and Shane said, I don't want to make this a headline. It is going to be a headline because the issue of heat in the cabin and particularly at Shane's feet um, because of the taller, one of the tallest drivers in the series, it has been a problem with the Chev from what I understand from uh, well, I mean, to be honest, like everything in, in Gen 3 land, we try to um, make it as cheap as possible. So with the engines, with all the other components, you, you, you try to start cheaper. If you need to add cost by adding more insulation, more header wraps, etc., we will do. And supercars have come to the party and are actioning that tonight. So we'll all be able to uh, insulate our cars further tomorrow. So hopefully a better... Uh, um, better cockpit environment for them tomorrow, but there's reasons why it's hotter. We have less insulation than the Z, than the ZB or the or the previous Mustang, so we'll roll back some of that cost saving um, and and um, try yeah get them uh, a bit more comfortable in the cockpits. Um, it's, it'll still be hot. It's still you know it's a, a V8 supercar, the big um, engine in the front, exhaust underneath, um, big heat source coming through the floor. We'll do our best and um, and make it a bit more comfortable for the guys, but. It's, it's a challenge. They'll, they'll be earning their pickies tomorrow for sure. One thing I've been fascinated in the engineering of the car is the amount of new technologies that you've got to use in these cars and will go forward carrying through the manufacturing process. The big one, the most expensive one, was the new factory with the CNC robot for all the welding of the chassis. Yep. But the other little things, those little things like carbon fibre in, in CNC uh, printing of, of uh, the components. Just how much of a leap forward technologically has this car been? Yeah, exactly. You try to make things um, cheaper but efficiently and now the, the technology um, ramping much further forward since uh, the ZB was designed and, and first built. We can uh, come up with these plastic printers with carbon fibre reinforced or Kevlar reinforced on the front of the Camaro. We have Kevlar fibres in the in the um, plastic flicks on the outside, so if there's any damage, they'll stay together, hopefully. Um, but even things like the, the layups of the um, composites of the doors and the rear quarters, it's rubber-infused Kevlar, so it's a lot more robust in that if it gets a hit, it should just bounce back. I mean, this is all in theory. We'll see in practice once we're rubbing against the walls, but uh, you know, every, every, every sort of aspect of the car, you try to 
incorporate as much technology you can if it makes sense uh, economically and that that certainly does if we if we get more life out of the grid quarters out of the door skins um, yeah we'll hopefully have a, a better product and you've taken the step we talked about a common parts truck which supercars could run but you've actually taken the step at triple eight to bring probably every spare you had in the shop yeah exactly i mean not, obviously for the the gm side of things um, we have probably the most spans, spares, although you know, that's not that's not saying that there's very little spares, but we've got a few parts. I think up and down pit lane, we we're going to work together, and you know, if, if someone can't run and someone's got a spare, they could offer them. I think we're all grown up enough to, to know that we need the show to, to have all the cars on the track. So we might see that come Sunday with um, cars up and down pit lane borrowing parts here and there. I um, mean, for us, it's Triple Eight with a manufacturing company, so we want to be able to sell parts. We want to sell. Front clips, rear clips, wishbones, uprights, we make all this stuff, we stock it all. So that's the model with the Gen 3 where um, you don't, each team doesn't have to have the manufacturing um, sort of arm. They can just operate as a race team, like more like European motorsport where you're a, a racing team only and just focus purely on that. Um, so I mean, teams can do that if they want to, but um, we'll still manufacture as much as we can to, to make all the spares and, and as, much, as much as the teams need. Do you think you'll have the, the spares truck at every race or is that going to be tested by this weekend's success and, uh, you know, it, it might be like the merch truck. If it sells a lot of merch, it's going to be back again. No, I think with supercars, we know they'll go through parts, so we'll be definitely willing to supply them. Um, and for sure, now that we built our cars and we can just keep building and building and building spares, so we'll certainly have spares if teams want to buy them. It's up to them. We're definitely not... Uh, we're not control supplier on everything, so it's really the market uh, dictates who's got the who's got the supply. So we'll do our best to make it um, cheap. But as Triple Eight, we do things um, well and engineered well, so the parts will be good quality. Being the homologation designer as such, um, what's your highlight of today? Um, just seeing you know the, the cars competitive. Um, not falling apart. Well, that's that's one one sort of tick. But no, just uh, no. Balance, the cars are balanced, they're operating as they, they should be, there's no uh, issues major with the car, you know, there's nothing falling off, the, the parts are robust, strong, um, there's always going to be little teething um, issues here and there, but um, yeah, it's just, it's a baptism of fire coming here, the curbs and the tyres and, and even the ground, there's a lot of elevation, so the cars are bottoming into the, into the tarmac, so we're seeing all this going on and the cars are still holding together and uh, I mean, three practice sessions, maybe not the same after, uh, after two big long races, but no, just uh, having all the cars all together, no major issues, wheels falling off or, or panels flying off, you know, it's all uh, so far so good. And one of the interesting things was um, Shane talking about working with Andrew Edwards and of course they had an ultra success last year in winning a championship and uh, I think it's the third engineer in as many years for Shane, but um, it was him talking about the challenges ahead them we're going to see how smart Andrew is now because now he's we have to work together he did take responsibility he wasn't putting it all on Andrew's shoulders but he but talking about how now they have to work together to work out how to make the car faster and faster over a distance exactly those two have a, a great relationship as we see the the competitiveness of car 97 really stepped up when uh, when Andrew came on board he brought uh, a lot of precision and detail into into the setup of the car which uh, which is really welcomed. Um, but as Triple Eight, we, we're an engineering company, so we can have people go on and move on, and we're strong enough to to keep pushing on. It's more of a structure that makes our team well, not just one, one individual person. If I go, you know, there's someone else to fill my role. Uh, it's all about just having um, redundancy and also just the the playbook, basically having the right playbook and and executing every weekend.
Thank you very much, Jeremy Moore, for joining us again on Inside Supercars. Look forward to it some stage, maybe sometime on Sunday. I hope you have a great weekend because if you do, then more than likely the category will. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Here with Richard Holway, who is the race engineer for Scott Pye on car number 20. And he's been in this game just a few weeks more than me. <laughs> no, quite a bit more than me. But, uh, and has been at various teams. No, no, no. You, you were there in what year was the year for start? When you used to bring round your, you know, your fact, the genuine race facts, mate. Yeah. I've still got some of them somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a past era. And now we're in a new era again. And Richard, um, you got a new car. Team worked very hard to build two new cars in the series and cut the links with Triple Eight Race Engineering because you're now solo. These are your cars. Tell us about your day one here with Scott. Well, we're pretty happy with our pace. I mean, I think we've got a we've got a pretty um, pretty good package. I think you know reasonably good on the green tyre and good. Good, uh, a good race package as well. So yeah, no, we learned a lot today. When it, it's it's we've done two te you know two test days at Winton and a test day at SMP, and we're still massively learning about the cars. So things are happening pretty. We're chucking springs out at left, right, and centre, and and um, yeah, still learning, but where we are. Then. Now there are a number of things that. It's not necessarily design qualification or, you know, things that are restricting you, but things like, you know, there's not enough um, suspension travel in the front, so the cars are bottoming out on, on some section compared to the older car. No, I mean, we haven't found that. I mean, it's... No, I think it's... Yeah, I mean, still ride height. If you run it, if you run it high, you won't bottom out. So, yeah, I mean, it is... Yeah, you've got to be careful with the combination of... Um, with the combination of the geometry, you've got to be careful that things don't bind up. And, and but, but yeah, if you do your homework and which is your job. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it, you just have to really check every combination because because it's commonized. You know, a lot of so much of the parts are commonized front to rear, and they're trying to really pull the cost out of it. Some of the stuff is, you know, like probably compromised a little bit in terms of for cost. Um, and that just means, you know, you've got to, you know, you, like it's the fr same clevis on the front. All, all four corners have got the same clevis, and that's obviously for cost. So you can make economies of scale, and that. But that means you can't, don't necessarily can't run all the holes, like all the combinations. So you just need to be careful when you come up with a geometry that you check that it can, you know, the travels are okay, and yeah, which touch wood we have, um, yeah. So. what I do about you, I imagine that you're enjoying that challenge, though. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is. It's it's an interesting, uh, yeah, it's a it's a a good, a great challenge, and um, I guess now it, it's I guess it's that kind of um, ability to design your own things gone now. So it's purely tuning, it's like you know what I mean, like the uprights and all the different crazy stuff we used to come up with. You think back, you know that. HRT days, all the stuff that we could do. So that part of it's, um, that part of it's, you know, I miss in reality. You know, your ability to dream up a new widget or whatever is gone effectively. So, but it, the the fact that you uh, you're just absolutely tuning the, um, you know, you've got a, the same mousetrap as everybody else, and so it's all about tuning it 
to you with your drugs. The sort of ultimate challenge, I guess, as a race engineer, because you've got the same widget. There's no excuses now. Can't say, oh, you know, they've got more money or whatever. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. So get on with it and do it. So yeah. But you did actually have a bit of input into the design because you did come up with some solutions for the early days of the wheel nut problem. So it's not as if the expertise in pit lane isn't being called upon to try and get these things up and running. No, that's right. I mean, yeah, I mean, people have been critical of the various groups and whatever else, but having been on the other side, you know, like not, not to this degree, but having been, you know, responsible for homologation for Holden for a few years, uh, it's not, it's, you know, design design by committee doesn't work. It's really hard job to, so I reckon Jeremy's done a ripper job. Uh, you know, I reckon that's a great package and, yeah, I mean, there'll be things that need to be tuned. There'll be things that, are, you know, everybody thinks too heavy or this or that or break or whatever. But the, the base thing is awesome and, you know, this time next year we'll be all going, how good is it? So I reckon they've done a ripper job. You know, you know, well, I think it's how good is it now, to be honest, but in terms of fine-tuning and, and um, yeah, just bits and pieces. Same as we had with cough, you know, there was, there was rail extensions and things that were too weak and they're, okay, make it in the next gauge or it's too heavy, we could probably save from weight, take this out or whatever else, but the, the base thing's awesome. And, I, I, yeah, I reckon he's done a ripper job. Or The whole group, supercars, everybody. It's great. They look good. They sound good. I mean, even just the straight away, the body language of them, just watching them now, they slide around more. They're heaps, you know. They, and they just look tough compared to, you know, you look at the old cars now and they look a bit bit sort of slab-sided and weird. So, you know, I reckon it's a great thing. Yeah, it's absolutely 100% the right right direction. Is, yeah. The tall guys have been talking about how hot the engine bay is. Your driver isn't the tallest in the field, so how is he in uh, in as much as the, his feet down in the uh, in the cabin? Right with the feet. His feet. They got asked about that before. His feet are okay. I mean, in general, the cabin is gut feel is it's cooler and better. Um, you know, the the heat uh, heat shielding and whatever they've done is they've done a good job of. Um, but yeah, probably our cool suit isn't as good as the the triple eight one we ran last year you know the the um the dry ice system's probably a bit better but then you know yeah so but we're, we're, we're learning about all that too you know hose sizes and all sorts of tuning and making sure we feed it properly and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's all it's all uh, part of the process you know yeah it's early days it's crazy yeah have you had a ride in one yet in a, no not one of these no when will you I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I had a drive, I had a ride with Scott at Sandown because I thought this will be the last time. You know, yeah. ever, ever, that was awesome in the wet. But um, yeah, I like going for rides. It's good fun. Yeah, you learn a bit. One thing that's very striking to me is the overall cabin size. It's so much smaller than the previous one. The overall air box inside the cabin. That, that seemed, it seems yeah, well, it's full of uh, fuel tank, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, and bits and yeah. pieces. It's all there. It's quite small, really, isn't it? It's quite small, yeah, yeah. But um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Richard Holway. We greatly appreciate your time. Have a great weekend, and look forward to uh, talking and hearing about how you go over this weekend. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, mate. So.
something. We're with a man who's committed more than most in this pit lane. A man with four cars under his control yet again. Brad Jones, welcome back. Thanks. Uh, probably double what most people are committing, I'd say. I'd say indeed, indeed. Not only in terms of the financial involvement, your, your anxiety and stress level involvement. Um, rolling your cars out today, four of them, brand new Chev Camaros, four young blokes at the wheel. How was your emotions in that? Uh, it's probably a bit... A little bit apprehensive and nervous because you know it's a dawn of a new day and and it's hard to know where you're gonna where you're gonna pop out. I didn't think there'd be big changes, but you know it's it's always good to get towards the end of the week, the the day, I should say, and see where you are. Indeed. Now um, there are various things have been said about the new cars, and and quite obviously they are very different. There's almost no single component. It comes from, well, certainly none from your Commodores, um, into the new car. You've got new engine package, new drivetrain, uh, new brake package, the wheels, tyres, fueling, everything's changed. Is everyone coping well with the systems or is there any sort of bit that is causing more angst than others? Well, the transaxle's the same, but that's it. That's e everything it. else is different. So, I know oh, the drivers are the same. Um, but, look, it's... it's um, you know, it's it's a work in progress, really. There's still things that need to be put into this car, like they don't have anti-roll bar adjusters inside the cockpits yet, and and just getting them to the race has been a battle in itself. So, um, they 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 seem really hard on rear tyres. They're hitting the ground really hard up at six when they've got a full tank of juice. I think the amount of time it takes to fill them up is ridiculous um, because they've only got 38 mil filling holes. So. Um, but they look fantastic, they sound the business, and uh, hopefully we're going to see some great racing. If I could follow up on the no anti-roll bar adjusters in the car, is that something that should come about, or is it actually a entertainment feature that they can't adjust them? I'm not sure how it would be an entertainment feature. You don't, you know, he's got less to do inside the car, and if the car starts to go off, then you can't trim it. So I just think it's something that needs to be put into the cars. Now you always say when I try to make it harder for the engineers, what they're not busy enough, you want to give them more work. Well, th this is more about, you know, if the car starts to understeer, normally you've got, you know, adjustable front and rear roll bars, at least you can do a little bit. But if you can't do anything, then you just drive it around. And, and you know, you may as well be in career of cup cars if you ask me if you're going to do that. So. Um, we run long races, we burn off a lot of fuel. There needs to be a couple of things in the car that you can trim. And I think, certainly vision-wise, when you're looking at television, that the driver's taking his hand off the steering wheel and adjusting stuff makes it look better, not worse. And tell me, um, the drivers, their feedback, you know, you talked about how bottoming out on the suspension and things like that. Overall, though, when they're coming back in, are they saying, you know, it's different and not enjoying it but is that enjoyment level of driving coming back sort of thing i mean none of them drive around at a pace where it's enjoyable it's difficult it's yeah and and you know i've had one of my super two drivers recently and i i said you got to drive it to the point where it's extremely uncomfortable and that's that's when you're going fast so so they're not complaining about the cars, but, but there's, these cars have nuances that 
that are different to the old car. So very hard on rear tyres, bottoming out in certain spots on the circuit, steering feels different, as you'd all expect from a completely different car. And it's wider, so you wouldn't think that would make much difference when you're sitting in it, but it will because you're a little bit further away from the apex and and it just you know feels a little bit different. But that said, clearly they're all, what were they, within a second of each other in that last session, so that's back to normal. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think they'll get used to these things pretty quickly and, and um, you know, it's good that no one's had any major steering issues and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when someone puts one in the wall, how hard they are to fix. Okay, we're seeing an 11.5, I think it was, or 11.6, something like that was the best time to date. How much further do you think they'll improve on that time this weekend over the qualifying? I wouldn't have a clue. No, okay, well, yeah, I, you've got a better clue than I have. Well, I mean, you know, the day will change and they'll have a couple of sets of greens. You know, they might get down to a low 11 maybe, but honestly, it's just a guess. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, tomorrow will be a little bit cleaner. Depends on the weather. That's the thing about car racing. There's so many contributors to, to a lap time. Um, but obviously, well, obviously, I think there's more time to find, but how much, I don't know. The quote from yourself was these things look fantastic on track is that number one goal is the look and feel of them for the fans because we're back to Newcastle and you probably haven't been able to get out of the pearly gates here but there's a massive crowd for a Friday yeah well you're right I mean I'm stuck in in here in the pits for the whole weekend but um look they do look fantastic on the track you know um I'm not sure how easy it is going to be to pass each other. I mean, it's not an aero circuit, so some of the changes they've made to try and contribute to to closer racing and ease of passing. I mean, I think ease of passing is linked a bit to grip. So, you know, we'll see whether I'm right or wrong ultimately. But but um, at the end of the day, you compare one of these to a Super 2 car now, and it makes the old car look pretty antiquated. So. We've got one thing 100% correct, which is they look fantastic. And so now we'll just trim them around and see what they're like as a race car. What was the pressure and stress levels like, knowing that only you and Tickford were doing four? Uh, well, yeah, but we had more people. So the, the big part that was frustrating was part supply. And, and that's really, you know, the homologation... It was done quite late and then and then you know because we had to wait for the mustang to come out so it wasn't really anyone's fault but then the, when the parts started to get made they couldn't make them fast enough and then we had christmas right in the middle so an early part of this whole thing we were going home early or having a day off work and then there was a massive flurry at the end so the amount of work my guys did to finish four cars when most people hadn't finished two, was really quite amazing. Um, I'm going to ask you a question now, and I don't have a right to actually say that I do, but so far it seems like it's been worth the effort. Do you, as somebody who runs a four-car team and at the top level of Australian motorsport, do you think it's been worth the effort to reach this moment? What was that about motorsport? What I mean most about it? Did you say? <laughs> these cars in Australian motorsport, oh, right. building these cars, has it been worth the effort? Given the, the last two and a half, three years you've lived with it? 
Um, well, if nothing else, we needed a shape change because the cars were old. So I think the fact that we've got a proper looking Mustang and, and a Camaro um, makes it all worthwhile. All the other stuff that's changed, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot of money. We've spent a lot of money to get to where we are today. But, but if that's the only way we could get to where we are now, then yeah, it's worth the effort and the time and the money. But but um, you know, replacing every single component on the car except the transaxle, I'm not 100% sure that was necessary. All right, well, Brad Jones, thank you very much for talking to us on a Friday afternoon. I think we'll make a booking if we can for Sunday afternoon um, when I hope that you're loading four cars without forklifts involved and that uh, you have a successful weekend. So thank you, Brad Jones of Brad Jones Racing. Thanks, yeah, I feel a bit the same. Um, I don't know that I'll be too easy to find if they're loading cars in with forklifts, but, um, I, you know, I, I feel pretty positive. I think our cars have been good in testing and, and um, certainly coming out of the box, they, they seem there or thereabouts, but that's a great thing about new cars uh, on a circuit we haven't been to for a fair while. We just have to wait until qualifying to know who's going to be the fastest, and, you know, I wish it was like that every weekend. And it's remiss of us not to congratulate you and, and your brother on the service award from Motorsport Australia, which is a few weeks old now. Well, yeah, well, it was actually 2021, but they didn't have the dinner until 23. So there was a bit of a wait, but thank you. That's very nice for you to say. It's, very, it's a very humbling experience. And, and when you look at the other people um, that, have, that have been given that award, um, you know, I, I'm not 100% sure. We probably belong there, but but you know it's very uh, you know uh, like I'm very honoured and very humbled by by receiving that award. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more, or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. <laughs>